Hello and welcome to the Peace in a Storm podcast. This is Dr. M.A. Howard and today's episode is a episode that many people find themselves going through today and that is the complicated process of blending two families together. Our special guests this morning are Melissa and Kevin Hinges, and they're going to share with you uh, some of the things that they've learned as they have sought to blend two families together into a cohesive unit, and they, they've done so, I would say, very successfully. So welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Now, um, I want to go ahead and sort of give you a little disclaimer. Um, these are, are people that I'm very intimately familiar with. Melissa, I have literally known her all of her life as she is my one and only sibling. And then Kevin has been my brother-in-law now for uh, going on 10 years. So uh, we are uh, just thrilled to have you guys here and I want to welcome you to the program. I'd I'd like to start by just asking you guys, if you will, just sort of share with you, share with the the listeners sort of how you got to the point of becoming a blended family. How did you get to this point? Um, Okay, well, I was married for 18 and a half years and... To my first husband, 12 and a half of those years, he was um, going through cancer. He was diagnosed when he was 30 years old. Um, we had just lost my father a, a couple months beforehand, and he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We were told at that time it was a treatable, non-curable cancer. So, um, you know, we kind of lived with this thought in the back of my mind of knowing that I would likely not get to grow old with him. Um, So he passed away um, shortly after his 43rd birthday in September of 2011. Kevin? I was married for about 12 and a half years. We dated for seven years prior to that from high school. Um, And then we both went went to college and, and then we got married a few years later. And... Unfortunately, my wife got caught up in an extramarital affair with a co-worker, and um, I was willing to work things out, but she wanted to be with this new person, and um, unfortunately, our marriage didn't survive that, and I ended up single, and that took place in February of 2010 uh, when that began. So I was single for almost two years, I'd say, before Melissa and I started talking. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about that is I, I specifically remember the summer of 2011 looking at you and saying, don't you think it's about time that you started dating again? And I remember you looking at me and saying, God hasn't told me to do that yet. And I said, well, if God hadn't told you, then don't listen to me. <laughs> I remember that conversation very clearly. And, and uh, who'd have thunk that the reason that God may have been t- telling you to hold off uh, was because he was going to want you to end up with my sister, who at the time was married to my brother-in-law. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about you guys is that you guys had a really fast courtship. Yes, we did. Uh, I think it's one for the record books, but looking <laughs> at Kevin's parents, uh, it's, there's a, a family history there. There is, um, yeah. But, but uh, you guys, I mean, literally, uh, Greg died in, in September, and you guys got married the following December. December. Yes, yeah. three months later. And I remember that you, uh, obviously, Melissa, don't like being single. Apparently not. And, <laughs> and uh, But uh, everyone thought this was really quick. Um, yes, it, it indeed was quick. But, um, you know, for me, um, I really had already kind of gone through some of my mourning prior to Greg's death. Um, he had been through his third bout of cancer 
for several months and everything was going really well, we thought. And then right before his last treatment, um, he had some complications. And when the doctors confirmed that the cancer was what was causing the complications, that's really when I knew that he was not gonna make it through. And that's kind of when my mourning started. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't really start mourning in September. I started mourning more in August. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I had known for several years that I was likely not going to get to grow old with him. And that does kind of change your mindset. Yeah. Now, obviously, you guys um, knew each other, went to church together. Yes. And, um, and like I said, Kevin had had opportunities to date because um, he had been single since 2010. Um, this was late in 2011, so he'd been single for over a year when um, one day he just sort of showed up at your door. Well, not quite like that, but it all started with um, an email. We were in the same Sunday school class. I, I knew who Kevin was. I did not know him as well as my first husband did. Um, but I, my first husband had mentioned several times um, how impressed he was with the way that Kevin had handled his divorce. Um, so I knew that, that Greg had thought very highly of him. Um, but, you know, I had been teaching Sunday school for many years and did not know him as well as Greg did because I hadn't been in the class with him. But um, I was in, in the class at that point and we sent out prayer requests each week. And Kevin had sent a prayer request out that he was out of town, that he was sick and asked for prayer. And so I responded to that saying, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear you're sick. You know, the boys and I will be praying for you. I know how difficult it is to be at home when you're sick, so I'm sure being away is even worse. And he responded, and that's where it all started. We just kind of had this little back and forth thing, and, um, you know, that kind of started the us talking about our grief and, um, you know, him being willing to, to share um kind of his story, knowing that grief, that the stages of grief are the same, even though our circumstances were different. Um, and, and quite honestly, I have always felt like it was much harder on him than on me because my husband did not choose to leave me. Um, you know, and for me, I felt like what he went through was much harder than what I went through. Um, because you know Greg didn't want to leave me he yeah, wanted yeah. to to stay and stay in our family so it's pretty obvious though that there were two different set of circumstances that yes. brought the two of you together and made you into the family yes. so um, <clears throat> you guys met at church you knew each other from church um, you know you, you respond to Kevin's email the two of you guys start dating and, and pretty early on you figured uh, this is where God's leading us I can, I can tell my, my sad, uh, just a fun fact, back in 2007, we actually taught a vacation Bible school class together because her son, youngest son and my oldest daughter, my daughter, my, only, my oldest child, are six months apart, so they were in the same vacation Bible school class. And so she and I taught that class together for, for that week, unbeknown to us that several years later we would be married, which was, you know, neither one of us thought that at that time. And um, at any rate, you know, I, I knew I knew her from church, and um, 
I had been out. I had been out on a few days, one blind day, which I really didn't like. But I finally, I got to a point. I was single. I didn't like being by myself. But I said, you know, God, you got me. I'm at a good point in my life. I don't like being by myself, but I'm okay being by myself. And I'm not going to go out and look for anything anymore because I don't want to. I did not want to mess up the blessing that God had in store for me by trying to do something on my own. So there was a lot of prayer. I prayed just about every night. Um, I prayed for a godly wife, a godly woman. If it was God's will for me to get remarried, um, I also had to say I prayed for brown hair and blue eyes. He didn't have to answer that, but he did gratefully. <laughs> and um, I, I, I just I told God, if you want me to get remarried, you're going to have to put her in front of me, which means I'm not going to look for her. You're going to have to put her in front of me and you're going to, so that I know this is her. So after I had been gone that week and I was out of town and we were emailing, and, um, I came to ch- I came back to church that Sunday. I came home that Friday night, came to church that next Sunday, and after church was over, I reached down to get my Bible, and when I turned around, she was standing right in front of me in the pew behind me. And that's the moment I knew, and she just said, hey, and asked how I was doing, if I was feeling better, and you know, I knew at that point that was that was her. Yeah, and, and, and we would mention that the, the, the pool of eligible people to select from at Kennebec Baptist Church in Andrew, North Carolina, was rather slim. Yes. yes it's, a small, it's a small country church. If, if we get 200, we feel like we've really done something in our yeah. church. Right. So, so the fact that you're going to find a single eligible person is pretty slim. But let's keep him. I wasn't really looking for a new husband at this point, um, it's not like I was out. Oh, I've I've got to you know I I've got to get remarried like right now. But it was just the way it played out. It was very apparent to both of us that God was bringing us together. So you know, unlike Kevin, who had kind of started, had already been through the dating scene, I was not there at all. I saved her from that. But he did. He tells me all the time he saved me from dating. And as I have had friends who have become single again, I realize exactly what he means. And I am forever grateful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There are some wackos out there. There are um, indeed. But anyway, we won't, that'll be another podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, ultimately, the two of you guys realized that you needed to come together. Mm-hmm. Now, Kevin has partial custody of his kids. He's He's got them every other week. You obviously have complete custody of your two boys. So you got, ultimately, you'll have three boys and a girl, um, uh, your two boys being older, and then Kevin's daughter and then her, his son being the youngest. Uh, you you bring them you, you bring them together knowing that this is probably going to be a little bit difficult. Yes, um, we, you know, obviously this was the first time we had step-parented and we didn't exactly know what we were getting into, but we knew that because God had brought us together that he would see us through anything that we faced. Um, and I will say that it has been a whole lot smoother than I think either one of us anticipated. And, you know, we've never had to deal with what some step-parents have to deal with you know, from the kids saying, well, you're not my mom or you're not my dad and you can't tell me what to do. Um, We never had any of that. And um, I think we're both, you know, very, very thankful and and fortunate that we've not had that situation in our home. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed another thing is that with Kevin and his ex, that there was a, a lot of times they were working toward the same goals. 
which you don't always get that in, in, in the situation when you start step-parenting. But a lot of times Kevin and his ex would, would both go, uh-uh, this ain't happening, you know. And, and so, so while there were obviously some tensions, um, one of the things that I noticed about Kevin is that he, he and his ex both sort of worked together on the big things. Would you say that? Yeah, I mean, there was some tension in, in the beginning. Obviously. You know, when, when she started dating and, and um, was living with the person she was with, um, you know, I, I, I had already experienced dealing with a, some, another man being in my children's lives. So when me and Melissa started dating, she hadn't dealt with that yet. So it was a little difficult transition. Um, and, you know, you got another woman. And Melissa also, I didn't have to deal with that because her spouse, Greg, had passed on. And, um, but she had to. So that was a new, that was a new added thing for her. And it was, there were some tensions in trying to figure out how to deal with each other. And um, we probably made some mistakes, I, I don't know, in the beginning. Yeah, we um, certainly didn't do everything right. And, and, you know, I have regrets for some of the things that I did early on. Yeah. In fact, one of the, one of the things that I always tell people is, um, in in a blended family, um, is don't talk bad about the uh, the ex, whoever the ex is, around the kids because right. that's still their mama, that's still their daddy, whoever it is. And, uh, and you want to, but that's you, not. Yeah, you just got You got to just hold, bite your tongue. If that ex is a stinker, the kids will figure it out. Yeah. Ultimately, you don't have to tell the kids that their that their mama or their daddy's a stinker. They will figure it out. But it doesn't need to come from us. It needs to be something that we, as hard as it is, that's one of the most difficult things that I see in the blended family is is don't talk bad about your your ex because every time I see that, it always back seems to backfire. And and another thing for kids, especially younger kids like mine were six and nine when we got married, and hers were ten and twelve, is don't. Uh, you know they're not they're not your they're your children they're not your friends so you don't need to be talking to them about adult things that's that's you know, true too a, they're really not capable right. of, of understanding some of the dynamics and and I think a lot of people make the mistake of trying to bring their kids into this discussion where the children really should I mean just think about it, the kids lives are being uh, have been uprooted too right. I mean in y'all's situations I mean Greg had died you know Graham and Brendan had lost their father and 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 Keely and Cohen had lost their family. I mean, their family. A divorce is the death of that family. Mm-hmm. And, and so there were the kids were obviously the innocent victims in all this. And 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 I think one of the, one of the more difficult things that that we as adults have. First of all, is we expect our kids to act like adults sometimes, and, and don't understand they're just kids, you know. And I think all of us in parenting uh, make that mistake. You know, you expect your kid to act like an adult when they're just a kid. And, and uh, you know, but, but I think another thing is you, you had to realize that these kids were also grieving. Yes. And that they were sort of thrown into this situation. And, and then it's like, okay, now what? How did the kids adjust? Well, um, before Kevin and I got married, like when we started dating, it, it was actually kind of funny because before Greg had passed away, I had talked with the boys and they had made some comment, Mom, you know, we don't, if, if Dad dies, we don't want you to get remarried. And I looked at them and I said, really, you want me to be alone for the rest of my life? And they looked, they were like, oh, yeah, well, no, no, we don't want that. And I said, you don't need to worry about that anytime soon. It will probably be two or three years before that happens. So fast forward a couple months and, you know, Kevin and I, 
have emailed and we've decided, you know, that we're kind of going to start seeing each other. And so I tell the boys, um, I need to tell you something, you know, I am, um, you know, seeing someone from church and I'm like, you know, do you know Keely's dad, you know who Keely's dad is? Oh yeah, I think I know who that is. I said, well, you know, he's going to come over and, and do, do put some ceiling fans up for me. And, um, and they kind of laughed and they're like, yeah, mom, you said it was going to be two or three years and it's like two or three months. You know, they thought it was funny that I was off a little on my timing. Yeah. Well, everyone thought that was interesting, obviously. Yeah. And, um, you know, it took a little getting used to for all of us, uh, how quickly that things progressed. Uh, like I said, um, but the boys were, you know, through all the process, I, I, was constantly like, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? And they're like, yeah, mom, why wouldn't we be? Because in their minds, they don't know the stigma right. of you're getting married too fast, right. like an adult would. Right. So they're, you know, in their innocent mind, they're like, well, dad's gone. You know, what's what's the big deal? And there was really nothing biblical against it. Exactly. And it was more of societal. Exactly. It was biblical. a societal thing. And in fact, in the Bible, if, you know, if a man dies, his brother remarries the woman so that she's That was not, Old Testament, yeah. 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 In the good old days. In and, the good old days. And if you look at both of our situations, and I know I knew about it because I hadn't been through divorce care. I knew I was free to remarry um, because my wife had been unfaithful to me. And she was free to remarry because her spouse had died, passed away. And so, in, biblically speaking, you know, and I know you reassured all that and looked it up, and, and I, I knew it. And um, we were free to remarry, biblically speaking, but was it conventional? No. And, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was a people, you know, some people didn't like it. People didn't agree with it. And that was okay with us. I mean, yeah. we would have liked the people to accept it, but we also understood at the same time it was it was not the normal path <laughs> that, right. that people take. And, then, but. and I'm sure had one of my friends done the same thing, I also would have been concerned, like, you know, that's too soon. Don't you think you need to take time? And I had several people, you know, are you sure? Don't you think you need to take time? And Yeah, I would be one of those. Yes, <laughs> you were definitely one of them um, and mom and, you know, friends. Yeah. But um, I think because uh, my father had died at 58 years of age and my father-in-law had died at like 59, I think, um, you know, I had just, there had been a lot of death in my family early, earlier than expected. And um, I think in my mind, you know, life is short. And I had such a peace about our marriage and knowing that this is who God brought into my life. And I just didn't think it was necessary to wait. Yes. And, and like I said, there was nothing biblical that was, that was against it. And obviously, uh, whatever society thinks. But going into the marriage, you knew it was going to be tough. Do you remember the motto you used? Um, yes, I believe I said I would rather do hard with Kevin than easy by myself. Not that anything was going to be easy, but I thought that was a pretty good motto. Uh, what was hard about the blended family? Um, I, I, we definitely ran into some difficult things. Um, trying to, you know, get the kids cohesive, I think, um, was, you know, somewhat difficult because they kind of knew who each other were, but they didn't know each other. Of course, that was also the same for Kevin and I. I mean, like, we didn't really know each other. We kind of dated after we got married. 
But, um, you know, at the same time, we, we tried to really focus on our family at that point um, and do a lot of things together as a family, um, you know, like weekend trips and things like that, just so that, that we were kind of making some new memories together as this new blended family. And, um, you know, just we and and for our marriage we really wanted to model for them what a godly marriage looked like yeah. and um you know but as as far as difficulties i think we both could say it wasn't nearly as difficult as it could have been well there were there were two things that i saw that i, I was really um, impressed by in your in your blended family first you guys went out and bought a party boat we did we we got a pontoon so that we could um spend time, you know, on the weekends. It's something I had always wanted a boat. Kevin had had boats throughout his life. And um, so, you know, we went out and got this boat and it really was like the best family investment we could have made. Yes, we because y'all spent a lot of quality family a time. Lot of time. And you're on the boat in the lake. The kids can't get away from each exactly. other. Exactly. They've got to spend time. They can't play on their phones. They're in the boat. Uh, it really did seem to be a really pl good place to to blend this family. It was. We have so many memories, like fabulous memories. Yeah, we used to go to we used to go to different lakes around yeah. the, the central part of the state, and we we went to Jordan Lake a lot. That's where we mostly went. But yeah, we had we had many good memories there. Uh, you got you guys came with us. Oh yeah, my parents loved. came out and. Um, but tell me about the consistency, though, because one of the, one of the big challenges of parenting anytime is consistency, um, and and you guys had to figure this consistent parenting thing out. How did you guys work that out? Well, we knew, you know, when we got married, I told them, listen, Satan will use our kids to split us apart. That'll be what he uses. That'll that'll be his foothold. And I knew that, and that's what he was going to attack. So we, we um, Melissa's a little more, uh, not quite as stringent or strict on disciplinary, being a disciplinary as I am. You know, I was raised, um, my mama was pretty tough. She was a loving one, but she was too tough on us and uh, made me into who I am. And, you know, I won't say you want to parent how your parents parent, but you know what worked in that and you know what didn't work so you you kind of tune it to, to what you think is the best and we didn't necessarily agree on the disciplinary action that needed to be taken you know I, mine was a little probably more than she wanted well i remember early on um well i remember when melissa in her first marriage they would like punish the kid like you can't have your video games for a week and by wednesday they're playing video games uh, so there was that inconsistency there on occasions that that um you know where, yeah, okay, mom mom grounded me for a week, but by Tuesday I'm out, you know, kind of deal. Because she's sort of a softie. Uh, whereas you really believed that you needed to be consistent. Well, I was, my goal in my mind was to make those young boys into young men. Yeah. And that, that was my job. And I had to answer for that one. Right. Um, and I took that very seriously. And I felt like I knew how to raise them or make them into young men better than she did. And since we had three boys and one girl, um, that I felt like the majority of that responsibility fell on my shoulders. <clears throat> and so we didn't always agree on disciplinary action, and that caused, that created a pretty big wedge between us. 
Yeah, I would think that would probably be the one of the more difficult things in the blended family is right. is disciplining the other person's kids. Right. Well, I think especially when, you know, in my case, I feel like even though I know that that Kevin is now the father figure, in my mind I'm thinking I'm the only parent. You know, like I am who they have left and I'm responsible and I would have this kind of mama bear mentality of you're too hard on them. Like I disagree with how you're wanting to do this. Um, you know, so it did. I mean, it did cause problems. Um, it was. It was. That was probably the most difficult part of our marriage to date. How did you resolve that? That brought us to a place where we we were just you know we we had been in some arguments and we looked at each other and we were like you know. We just we just to look in our eyes and like well, we don't know if we're gonna make it through this. This is very difficult. And I can remember when I went to divorce care at Colonial back um, when I, after I got was going through my divorce and the couple that was teaching that class had been teaching it for 16 years. And they were like, you know, we're both remarried. And I know you guys think, oh, they got remarried. They had a great life. And they were like, but it is hard. It is a lot of work, and it's it's difficult to get remarried and have a blended family. And I knew that it would be hard, and some parts of it weren't as difficult as I thought they'd be. Some parts were more, more difficult than I thought they would be. And that's when I realized what they were saying then. And yes, is it easier to stay by yourself and raise your kids on your own? Sure. You don't have to deal with a lot of other stuff, but it's also very lonely. Um, and, you know, we come to a point where I was like, oh, we've got to figure something out. We've got to figure out a way to work through this. There's got to, there's an answer. So we did. You know, we both prayed, um, <clears throat> and I went. I did some research. I talked to other people that I knew that had children, um, that that were, had blended families, had stepchildren. I went uh, looked online for resources to Dr. James Dobson, focus on the family. They had resources for step parenting, and what to do, what not to do, and guidelines. And I kind of put together an agreement between she and I about disciplining our children. Because we did want to be fair with all of them. We didn't want to favor one set over the other. And we wanted to try to be fair, but we also we also had to agree. You know, I was, <clears throat> I was on one end of the spectrum and she was on the other. And we needed to come, we needed to find some middle ground where we could agree. And it's all about compromise and coming to an agreement. So I kind of, I drew up, off the resources I found online, I, I drew up a kind of a contract between she and I that we, these are the things we agree upon, these are the things we agree to do, and we both signed it. And we pretty much tried to stick to that, and we'd be off sometimes, and I would remind her, you know, hey, um, we, we, we agreed on this, and it was difficult for her. To, to be a little stricter or, or hold them to punishment. And it was a little difficult for me to back down off of it a little bit and extend a little more grace. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to take a break for a second. And then when we come back, I want you guys to talk. I want to think about the advice you want to give to blended families that may be listening to this podcast. So. All right, so give us some advice to the folks that are listening that are trying to deal with a blended family. Um, if, if you get remarried and you both have children, it's going to be, it's going to be hard work and having a good family, even if it's a normal family that you both got married and had children, it's still hard work to have a good family. That's not just going to come. 
but having a blended family is is a little more because you deal with, you deal with a lot of the things you deal with some of the same things you would have if it was your regular family, but you add you add some more variables in there that make it can make it more difficult. Um, my my first advice is you know don't talk about the the other parents if the, if the other parent is still alive and uh, you're just divorced. Don't treat your kids like friends. Um, they're if you need an adult to talk to, talk to another adult because they're really not. If kids are not even as teenagers, they're not equipped to handle some of the stuff you're going to talk to them about. And I know it's easy if you're by yourself and you're not married yet and you got your kids there with you. It's easy to talk to them like a friend, but that's they 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 really don't need that kind of that 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 type of discussion put on them at that time. And and we. Certainly um, are not saying that we did that with perfection. Um, you know, especially early on, I think that we, you know, saw that, that there were th- mistakes that we made that, you know, we wish we could go back and change. Um, so, but that, it's, that's a difficult thing to do, but it's certainly the right thing to do. And, and we had moments where the kids didn't get along, but, you know, it's hard to discern is that because they're stepbrothers and sisters or they're just kids, you know, siblings. It, it's hard to discern what's what. You know, you could tell some of it was um, was animosity towards each other, but I, I would have to say that was, it could have been a lot worse. Um, we were always very, felt we were very blessed as to the level that we had. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, but it's not it's not easy to have a blended family. But it's it's also a blessing to be married to somebody, um, a, a godly woman that I love so much. That you may have prayed her. <clears throat> you know, you did sort of pray for her, right? I mean, yeah, I pretty much prayed every night for a, a godly wife to come if that was God's will. Well, and I had um, prayed for him after his divorce. I had actually prayed for him to find a godly wife, and that was still when I was very happily married to my first husband. So it's kind of ironic, looking back on that now, that um, I was praying for myself, didn't even know it. (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty funny. All right, well, is there any final thing that y'all might want to say? Uh, I mean, this has been really good, and I thank y'all both for being here and sharing that. What what final uh, words of advice or wisdom might you give? Um, I would say, you know, um, as Kevin said, we had moments where this whole process was difficult, but I would say overall, it has truly been a blessing. Um, I love our family. I love all four of our children. Um, I feel very blessed to to be the mother of my two and the, you know, stepmother of Kevin's kids, and um, I am thankful that he was able to to come in and um, I think Graham has even called him the 2.0 dad Um, you know and it clearly has been a God thing and I I'm you know just thankful and um, even though it's hard like I said it's such a blessing and the the payoff far exceeds the work put in Um, so you know, for that I'm thankful, and we're kind of at the the end of of the you know the dependent parenting um, 
stage no, the of our life. Yes, the three our three oldest are all in college, and the youngest has started high school. And you know, I feel like that we can kind of see the the you know the reward life. for our labors, and um, I'm I'm really pleased with how they are turning out. That's great. And uh, I guess for those of you who are in this journey that is called co-parenting or uh, the blended family, uh, just know that there is hope. Uh, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you guys work together, with God's help, you can overcome just about any any kind of obstacles that you're facing. It was totally God that's gotten us this far. There's nothing we could do on our own. And uh, as far as advice, you're going to have differences and, and a lot of times Satan's going to try to drive a wedge between you using those children. And I would say you have to find a way to compromise and you have to find a way to get through those. Um, we, we were probably better at holding on to each other than we were being, you know, being step parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In other words, we committed to each other and there were some very difficult times that we got through um, that we didn't know if we'd make it through. But we, we had no doubt in our minds that God had brought us together. He brought our families together. He took two unfortunate, broken families and, and, and pieced them back together to make a family whole again. And we did our best. And, you know, Melissa and I both talked about it. We, the second time around, uh, we have a different kind of love. It's, it's a special kind of love. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's much, you tend to appreciate things a lot different. I think you learned from the first and you brought the lessons from the first, uh, what I did wrong, what I'd do differently into the second marriage, and hopefully you were able to act on those to make the second marriage as good as it is. Yes, right. and I think that, you know, as long as with every aspect of your life, if your focus is on Jesus and, you know, trying to, to follow his example that he gave us in, you know, um, loving people and loving each other i mean if that remains your focus then everything else falls into place and i would suggest um as a couple getting newly married with 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 blended kids and having two different sets of kids or or different children come together i would suggest doing uh try to do couples uh devotions you know try to pray together um we did a lot of that really good in the in the beginning and when the kids are smaller probably not as much now um, as we used to but and do devotions with your kids Um, we were fortunate enough to be able to get our kids all at the same school where Melissa worked so that they were all on the same schedule and they were around each other more that helped out a lot I would say that was a big help and you know we we wanted them to get we wanted them to be in a Christian school and and to be raised that way and and you know my my children's mother was gracious enough to allow and and um, God provided the means for us to do so, and and you know, we we've just been very blessed in this. Um, God's hand's been at work in it. It may not may have seemed unconventional in the beginning to, to many, uh, but I think almost ten years together, we've been through a lot, we've experienced a lot, um, and we wouldn't we wouldn't I wouldn't you know I don't think we would we wouldn't change anything we did or decision we made to get married when we did, uh, even though it wasn't. Uh, widely accepted by society. Right. Um, God's plans are sometimes not accepted by society. That's exactly and, right. Um, but they're His plans, and that's why. Well, I thank you both for being here today, and um, 
and look forward to, uh, to talking to you some other time on the, on the great journey of grandparenthood. <laughs> well, we look forward to that too. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Thank Mark. All right. Bye-bye.